0: What's going on, guys? It's Sam from Atticus Chimps, the uh, future of rock and roll in Australia.
1: You're listening to Fox on the Wire podcast. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode number 75 of Fox on the Wire. Today, we have a first-time guest on the show. We have Sam from the... Alternative rock band from the Gold Coast, Atticus Chimps. Atticus Chimps have just dropped their new single called Alien Jewelry on October 7th. Go and check out their website atticuschimps.com and you can stream the song from there on your preferred platform. I can tell you now because I've had a sneak peek at this song before it was released, it won't disappoint. It's killer track. And uh, go and check out their back catalogue as well because it's full of killer songs. I think you're really going to enjoy it. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to Sam and I think you're going to really enjoy this chat and we've got many more episodes coming in the near future. So thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy this episode. One quick final note before we jump into this episode, my apologies for my voice during this episode. My allergies decided to flare up right before we hit record of course hopefully it doesn't detract you from listening and from the from the content so thanks again and uh enjoy how you doing
0: yo good man
1: just kicking back sorting out some
0: technical issues on my pc but it's all it's all looking on the upper hopefully oh that's very dark let me pull that window back up there we go
1: cool nice to uh meet you sort of yeah Best no, we can, can at the moment. Where, whereabouts are you located? Uh, I'm in Melbourne. Okay. So, uh, yeah, are you familiar with Melbourne at all? Or
0: um, Yeah, <clears throat> I, I know it's a place. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: okay.
0: I, been, <laughs> my sisters used to live there. I traveled down there a couple of times, went there when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Goldie Boy myself. Haven't nice. gone the way of a lot of other musos and moved down there yet, but
1: you never know. Yeah, it's amazing how many do or have. It's, um, yeah, mm. so, but it's kind of cool that you haven't. I mean, I guess I was going to ask you about, you know, what the scene is like in, in Gold Coast or Queensland in general. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, I, I guess, um, I know, it's hard for me to give a lot of insight given that I've only really been on the scene since like 2016. It's hard for me to know like the ebbs and flows of it. But, um, mm. you know, in my time I've found that, uh, you know, I, I remember there was one point Miami Shark Bar was like the be all end all. That's where all the touring bands would come. That's where all the, the, the music industry booking agencies were operating out of. That's where you want to play. Yep. And when we finally got out in there, I was so stoked and we played a couple of shows and then not even like a year later, I drove past and it was just in rubble. It had been bulldozed oh, and man. turning it into like a restaurant or something. And I kind of looked, it was a real kind of like humbling experience. I'm like, wow, like this venue that I like, you know, I put so much stake in as being like the out in like the be all end all and now it's just like no sorry we're gonna turn this into a restaurant (laughs) it's just like kind of really blew me away um but you know there's there's venues a lot of those agencies they kind of um they've moved on to different venues and they're all i'm sure there's a dozens of uh, other people um in the gold coast music scene that you you could ask me that same question now they'd be able to give you a much more comprehensive response but um Mm. yeah there's there's a lot of uh there's a lot happening here but at the same time it's yeah it's it's volatile it's 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 always changing
1: so was that one of the sort of iconic music venues in in the gold coast that just sort of all of a sudden was gone yeah yeah it's um
0: yeah it's it's I don't know that you could replace it. It had a very had that kind of the sticky floor, the the, <laughs> the iconic sticky ground of Miami Shark Bar. It was mm. close to the beach, so you know, the park was just across the road. So you get kids going over there down in your goonsack and then coming back in. was <laughs> all so, it was away from the clubs and everything. It was like its own thing. Yeah. Uh, but now there's, you know, Vinny Dive Vinny's Dive, I don't know if you've heard of Vinny's Dive. No, nope. That's a Southport venue. They've just opened up. They've got a bigger space now. That's mm-hmm. like a punk rock venue that has um, got a bigger space now. And uh Early Bazaar is going pretty strong. Uh, a yeah. couple of clothes here and there. Benoit Tavern closed down, but there wasn't a, there wasn't a lot happening there. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's just cruising along, man. I, like there's a... It's a small community, but it's one that's not really going to go away, I don't think. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, at least you got to play that venue. Like, at least you didn't miss out on the chance. Like, it's always sad to see it go, but <clears throat> at least you didn't sort of miss out on the opportunity to play there. And you're one of the bands that went yeah. down in history yeah, as of has yeah. played there. Jack yeah.
0: Folklore.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I guess, yeah, we've had a few in Melbourne like that. I mean, um, you may have heard of the ESPY. Uh, that that was a big, or well, that is a big venue. It sort of shut down for a while and then it just, I think it's reopened again um, down oh, near yeah. St Kilda there. Um, as also across from a park and sort of some a waterfront. Uh, so that was sort of a big venue for, well, for my band back in the day and then it sort of closed down a few years ago and then has reopened lately. So I haven't been there since i'm not sure if it's changed owners and changed hands mm. but yeah that's sort of one of melbourne's iconic venues i guess and okay uh,
0: the sp where which suburb is that in
1: uh st kilda okay yeah, yeah we yeah. thought we lost it and then it's just i don't know it's come back so <laughs> it's yeah, good, it's, but there way, some sometimes
0: it's i mean yeah as long as they don't bury it and turn it into mm. something else there's always the chance it can yeah come back
1: yeah uh, I, I should really get down there and check out what it's like now. I don't know if it's sort of – because it had, like, a, a basement stage. It had a big back room stage and, like, a front bar thing. So it had, had multiple things going on at the same time, which was really cool. Um, and I think they had, a f- like, a food area as well, which really oh, yeah. helped. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I should really Great. get down there and check it out. Yeah, so, we've
0: played at uh... – Bendigo Hotel a couple of times. Oh yeah, or is that what it's called yep. Hotel of Bendigo. Yeah,
1: in Collingwood there. Yeah, yeah it's in right Collingwood. The yeah. it's not yeah. in
0: Bendigo. Bendigo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, played there a couple of times. <coughs> and, uh, we played at Bendigo as well at the Music Man Mega Store before that shut down.
1: Yeah, that's gone um, cool too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah. we've also played at Woody's, which is another venue there, you know, in, in, uh in might might be in Collingwood as well. I think maybe no Woody's.
1: Yeah. Don't, I reckon I've heard of it, but I don't know if it's still around. Uh, yeah, right.
0: That was not, one of the better, Probably the first time we've played in front of like a hundred people, which was a cool experience. Mm. So,
1: yeah. Well, welcome to Fox on the Wire, Sam. It's um <laughs> nice yeah. to meet you. We sort of just got straight into the conversation there, but that's okay. Um. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Man. Good. To- Good to have a chat with you um so where are you at the moment i can see all the good stuff in the background the piano yep. some stairs so, and stuff
0: i'm just at home at the minute <coughs> um, i live out at wonga wallen just in the uh foothills of mount tambourine it's just on kind of the scenic rim of the gold coast mm-hmm. so i generally say i'm from the gold coast but i'm kind of on the on the outskirts which i guess is a Fitting metaphor for the rest of uh, my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's yeah, it's a great spot. If you were here, yep. you'd think, God, oh, we're in the middle of nowhere," but it's we're like twenty minutes away from the M one. Like it's yeah. To I grew up here. My parents have property out here, and I'm kind of living in like a, a granny flat situation.
1: Nice.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, it makes for good jamming space. We don't really get noise complaints or anything because we're Mm. out on acreage
1: um yeah no no i really love you yeah middle of nowhere doesn't sound so bad to be honest man like Um, i'm sort of right in metro i guess um you know lots of traffic lots of people and uh you know i guess that's not always so bad either but yeah middle of of nowhere a bit of both is good
0: yeah no i used to live in broad beach in the city and there's plenty of things i miss about being there yeah. Um yeah, you just can't have the best of both both I guess.
1: I don't Yeah, It looks like
0: you got a good setup there as well. That's why I need some lighting. God, I, I can only I'm just looking at this now, like <laughs> just realizing how poor my lighting is in this room. Like if I close my window, I just basically disappear. Like <laughs> a freaking Kremlin. That's alright.
1: It's a good good creative space by the looks of it. Yeah. And that's what no, the, I like uh, dim
0: lights, but I yeah. Yeah. I, I think I need some better lighting.
1: Yeah, I probably wouldn't normally have this many lights on. It's just for The fact of you know filming, I've chucked a few extra. Oh, yeah, on. cool. So, um, no, it looks yeah, good. So, you've
0: got a good collection there.
1: Yeah, it's uh, sort of forever growing. I sort of, um, I won't get into my story too much. This is about you this episode, but yeah, I stopped playing in bands and electric guitars probably about 10 years ago, not entirely, but for most for the most part. So, I picked right. up the acoustic mainly, and but. Just in the last year or so, I've sort of got back into the electric stuff and been buying a bunch of guitars, and, um, yeah, it's been really good. So, yeah, okay. I've been listening to your um, your latest EP. Uh, did I uh, Space did I...
0: Exploitation?
1: Yeah. looking for a bit of help there, yeah? Yeah, yeah. What have I done to my notes here? Space Exploitation, uh, really cool name, really cool songs. Uh, you released that back in April of 2020, oh, this
0: year? Uh, yeah, so it's... Yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to keep busy. Um, yeah, so we released that. We, we released the first few singles of that last year. Yep. Uh, and, um And, yeah, we're trying to kind of stay prolific and, and just kind of keep the content going and aim to kind of release a song every three months. And then um, once the EP's out, then we'll kind of reevaluate and and uh and start again you might get the impression looking at it like our uh you know our streaming and and socials and whatnot that we're relatively new, but mm. it's um a lot of the songs we've released before we've decided to take or I've decided to take down just because you know as is the way with most bands you kind of the early stuff's not too great, and mm. you want to kinda. You know, as our lineup changed, our sound changed, and I just didn't feel comfortable having a, a lot of the songs that we had up there. I wanted to take them down. But we've been releasing music fairly consistently since 2016. Yeah. But um, now that we've got our kind of final lineup, Dan and I have been playing for going on three years now. So mm-hmm. I feel like we've found our sound and we can just start
1: pumping out what we've been working on. Yeah, some of the old stuff as you release the new stuff sounds really dated and uh, yeah. I guess you've got to make that decision, you know. it's uh, I think it's all something to be proud of. Like everything is a stepping stone to, to where you are and to where you're trying to get to. But uh, I guess it depends if you want to keep that to yourself for the most part or share that. Um, so, yeah, totally. Totally yeah, understand. Um, for
0: sure, and I, yeah, I've had like um, several people come to me. They're like, "Oh, why would you take that down? I love that
1: song." Mm. And I'm like,
0: "Look, I just like I don't like it, and I feel like, yeah, I yeah, I just wouldn't want that ever to be like. Uh, I, w- I would hate for someone to request that song, or yeah, I, it's kind of just something I'd like. It's it's probably born from insecurity more than anything, but um, mm. yeah, I. I'm confident in the stuff we're releasing now and I think I'm just going to try and stick with that and let the past be the past. The people that enjoyed it, great. Um, yep. But what we've got now is, is what I'm kind of the sound I'm aiming
1: for. So would people have, because um, if they were from a few years ago, I'd take a guess as they there might have been CDs released with those songs on them?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean,
1: yeah, we, I, we've we
0: been around since 2016. Which is not like by no means mm. the C D era. Mm. But um like streaming was around back then, but but in that time, the last six years, streaming has definitely just like yeah, you know, exponentially grown. So we don't really print CDs anymore or sell them at our shows like we used to. Yeah. But yeah. uh yeah, if the if the demand is there for vinyl, then sure, we'll print we'll print some vinyl.
1: We'll do that. Yeah, it's not cheap to do it, is it? I guess if you can you feel like you can guarantee you can sell them and sort of make your money back then sure yeah. but um it's not as cheap to, you know, print the CDs and potentially lose out on not selling them all. It's uh yeah. Quite a bit more expensive to to print the vinyl. But have you done that yet or not? Not yet.
0: No, I've come very close. Yeah. Uh, I think at Gyrostream prints them for like $15 each, mm. which is like good. It's good it's if you sell good. them,
1: but mm.
0: <laughs> yeah. if you don't sell them and they just sit there collecting dust, dust in your shed, then um, yeah, it's not worth doing. So uh, until we get like, you know, a significant amount of people saying, hey, I want to buy your record. Rather than just like streaming our numbers and putting a, a an extra figure on our streaming sites then mm. I, I I wouldn't bother for it. I wouldn't bother with it um for now yeah
1: yeah it's a it's a really good e p this one like I've been cranking it the last couple of days oh, uh, sick. i think i think misery well, I thought misery was my favorite tune yeah yeah you know it's pretty it's pretty heavy and it's got like a uh definite sort of muse vibe. Yeah, for uh, sure. And Queens of the Stone Age, obviously, uh, but, you know, a little bit heavier. Um, but then I real- realised uh, propane was actually sort of stuck in my head. Um, oh, awesome. So I'm not sure. But all the songs are really sort of <laughs> Thanks, catchy man. but really interesting. So what sort of awesome. tuning, like for Misery, for example, like that's that's not standard tuning, is it? No. So it's yeah.
0: drop C. So yep. it's... Uh... I I drop D and then I use the D-tuner to go down a full step. So is that drop C? I think it's drop C.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and the rest of the strings too, down a full step? Yeah, so everything's down a step
0: and then you drop the bottom string down another step. So it's drop D but use the D-tuner to go down a step. So it's yeah, C minor is the key.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep.
0: Yeah, and what about the
1: other tunes? Are they sort of... Similar tuning or you muck around with different different tunings? Uh, I muck around with different tunings. So
0: in the beginning, like it was either standard tuning or drop D. Yep. And now that I've got the luxury of having a I got a Digitech drop tune there. Uh, uh, yeah. I kind of I, I, – I write most of my songs on an acoustic guitar and yep. uh, I usually adjust the tuning – depending on whereabouts my vocal range is. So if Mm. I'm playing a song and I'm like, man, I could really push this up a bit, I'll sometimes drop the tuning down Mm. and make my voice go up up that other octave. Yeah. Or alternatively, if I write it and I feel like I'm like, when I'm playing it on acoustic, my voice is like peaking, I'll just like drop it back a bit and stay in that same tuning. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there are all the tunings I've I've on that album. Liquid percussion C standard, uh, daydreams and propanes D drop D, uh, misery drop C, mm. and not compatible is the only one that's in standard tuning.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's nice yeah. to have uh, different options, and yeah, I guess it yeah it depends on your voice. I yeah, for sure. play in lower tunings as well, just just for that reason, but. I don't know, I find um, standard tuning is a, a little bit boring. Like if you yeah. tune down the acoustic guitar at least half a step, I don't know, it just sounds a bit um, bit nicer or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, not as bright. A yeah. D- I depends think, yeah. what you're trying to do. But,
0: yeah. No, I've, I totally agree. Unless you're doing like an acoustic set or something. But if you've got the rig that I've got going, mm-hmm. where like I'm really trying to like you for sure nailed it with like Muse, Queens of Stone Age, their massive influences. But like just what Royal Blood's been able to do with their bass um, drum combo, it was just I've been blown away by what they do. Mm-hmm. I went and saw them live in 2018 and I was like, man, I got to <laughs> – because that, that was at the time I, we were a three-piece and I was playing guitar. I was like, no, I'm, I'm playing bass. That just sounds way yeah. too fat. I have to yeah. do whatever he's doing. I got to figure out something like that because that sounds so
1: sick. So, are you playing bass in a live setting?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh. So, um, you know, one way I was, because tr- I didn't want to ever get labeled as being like sounding too close to them or whatever. But uh, so, one of the ways I tried to circumvent that was getting a synth in to try mm. and harken back to that like muse kind of uh, uh, electronic kind of synth wave stuff. I'd, it was my way of trying to blend, blend like grunge with modern rock. And then they went ahead and got a synth player on their last album. So I'm like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Again, with the times too. So no, but I think I, yeah, I think we, a lot of my influences are very rooted in like a lot of punk and alternative rock, a lot of like shoegaze and stuff, which I think is very different from them. So yeah. Yeah. A range of different influences.
1: Yeah. I, I don't think there's any one sort of standout just from what I've heard of you guys, you know, it's a, it's a mishmash of different things, and um, yeah, that's cool. always sort of cool to hear. And um, I guess I kind of uh, assume that you've been singing for a while since you were younger. Yeah.
0: So I guess it was a uh, uh, – I, I think I've always had natural pitch, mm. just being able to – because a lot of people often think that singing is about your voice, but I feel like it's more about your ear, than it is your voice because yeah. once you can detect pitch, all you have to do is match it. So some people are literally tone deaf and they can't detect pitch. Yep. But uh, I think that's something I was quite good at was detecting pitch from a young age. And um, I think when I became a teenager and my voice broke, I uh, I couldn't sing anymore. But, like, I didn't give a shit. I'd, my balls had dropped. I was out there trying, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I finally was not a little squeaker, you know. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't until I was like eighteen and like finished high school where I was I I, had, I knew I was still passionate about music and stuff where I really tried to retrain my vocal cords and kind of stretch them out mm. um, and be good at at uh, singing again. So yeah, I that's um, oh shit! I started practicing singing a lot more
1: yeah. and uh, yeah, got got a bit better at it. So do you think you were sort of born with that uh natural pitch or was it um due to how you grew up, like are any of your parents musicians or brothers and sisters? Like did you grow up around that that maybe helped you with your pitch or? Uh
0: I wasn't grown I wasn't raised in a musically inclined environment. It was mm-hmm. something that was very much ingrained in like my fucking DNA, for lack of the better word. Uh, yep, yep. My dad played bass in a band, but you wouldn't – meeting him, you wouldn't think that's where I got my – because he, he professes himself that he's not particularly talented at it. Like he just did it for shits and gigs. I think it's more coincidence than anything. Mm-hmm. But I think um, if I did inherit any kind of creative ability, it would be from my mum's side uh she was an artist she's passed now um she did a lot of uh arts and crafts uh, did a lot of painting things like that um so i think i think i and if i did inherit any kind of creative ability i think it was definitely from her
1: yeah okay and do you find it hard to sort of sing and play bass in a live setting at the same time
0: uh like just in terms of like like uh dexterity wise like or confidence or
1: uh yeah, sort of coordination, like it's you know it's different okay. than playing guitar and stuff, yeah I mean, yeah,
0: I think um, yeah, that whole like rub your belly pat your head thing like that was something I kind of got over or well, not got over, but learned to be good at from a young age, so like when I was yeah. a teenager, I was like, I learned playing covers man like i like. I remember I had a friend say to me once, who uh, this is before I started playing music. He goes, "He's a live performer." Mm-hmm. Do you know Mitch King? Mitch King? Uh, no, no. Okay, he's kind of, sort of prolific. He's with one, two, three agencies. Like one of those dude dudes that does the rounds. He plays born blues kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember he said to me, "He's like, oh, I never struggle." We're talking about set list, and he goes, "Oh, I never struggle with with um playing a set because I know fifty covers." <laughs> I remember hearing that, and I was like. 50 covers man like if i counted all of the covers i learned as a kid i could probably play like a thousand songs <laughs> like like yeah. i learned that many tunes like i would i wouldn't learn songs i would learn albums mm, so like wow blink 182 enema of the state when i was 12 years old i'd i could play that whole album green day dookie i could play that whole album like yeah and even though most of that's just like power chords and shit it's still like some of it's rhythmically different so that yeah. trains you, your singing voice and your and your strumming to kind of get good and then um yeah playing the bass I feel like my coordination with bass I was already I was already kind of playing my acoustic guitar like a bass before I started uh you know when I was writing these songs I was I was making sure I was getting it tight like that's uh one of the things I've tried to do uh, recently is, is tr- try and write a riff that's so complex, like not ridiculous, not like jazz, like progressive stuff, but a riff that's so complex that makes the melody somewhat hard to sing over and that just forces me to get better at it. So,
1: Yeah, I kind of use that. With,
0: yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, by but the listening- time I, I'm up playing live, I like I've, I never get nervous playing live shows because I already, I, I know the songs, I know how to play them.
1: Yeah, I noticed there was a couple of riffs uh, on that EP, on the latest EP, and I'm like, oh, shit, some of that sounds like it would be hard to sing over or, you know, come up with a melody over the top of it, but you sort of obviously nailed it every time, and there was a riff, I'm not sure if you sing over this part, but uh, in liquid percussion, there's a really cool sort of ascending sort of riff just before the chorus, I think. Yep. Which kind of stood out to me. I don't think you sing over it though, do you? But it's a really cool, uh, yeah. So that really uh, cool sounding riff, and it's got sort of two, two parts to it. Like it's sort of you've got the first part, and then it's sort of you might be playing the same thing, but you've either added something on top of it to sort of lift it again.
0: Yeah. So that song started out as an acoustic song, right? And I later come to find that that pre-chorus uses the Lydian mode, so it's. Mm. Uh, it works very well with it sounding building up and sounding kind of I don't know, happy sounds cliche, but like it's it really builds to something. Yeah. Um and it just started off as uh it didn't have all those slides and hammer ons. All that a lot of the that kind of stuff is something I added later once I picked up the bass. Yeah. So yeah, I I I don't think a, a melody would serve well over that pre-chorus, but um yeah, I think um with songs like Propane, like that's a good example of a song where I played a riff and the counter melody is very different,
1: mm. and
0: it it's re- required a lot of practice for me to be able to do both at the same time. And one of the way I get around that is um I mean I was doing this the other night, like write a riff. And then I know I can't play a melody over it at that time because it's too hard. I'll just record Mm -hmm. it on my phone and then I'll listen to it back and I'll just start writing the melody and write them separately. And then once I've got them both recorded, I'll just practice
1: it trying to be able to do it at the same time. Do you sort of worry that you won't be able to or are you pretty confident? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) Practice, yeah. Yeah, no, no,
0: absolutely. There's a song in our set at the moment. Uh, we're playing a gig tomorrow night, actually, oh. and um, yeah, I was worrying because this—I've uh, a song called "Eyes Speak." This will be out mid next year. Uh, it's got a fucking really fun, fun riff on it, and um, yeah, it's got just these weird syncopated notes on it. And I was really struggling to like nail certain ones while I was singing,
1: mm-hmm. and uh,
0: yeah, I was genuinely worried. Like, shit, am I ever going to be able to actually play this live? <laughs> And, um, it, yeah, if, you, if I just do it long enough, do it enough, it just eventually I just get it and it just, it just works. Yep. It just takes time. Yep.
1: When did you start writing songs? Um, obviously, you learnt a lot of songs growing up. Were you writing songs amongst all that or did that sort of come later?
0: Uh, so the, the age of 13, I wrote my first song. It was called Kids these days. Yeah, it was very like, you know, punk rock, edgy. Like, oh man, they just don't understand. Like, <laughs> and I was a kid. Yeah, like so it was it was silly, but it was just me being like trying to draw influence. I love Billy Joe Armstrong and Tom DeLong and all those guys, you know. <laughs> and um, yeah, I like I thought from that point on that was like my my calling, you know. And then I had I had a pretty difficult childhood with like you know death of, as I've mentioned earlier and and divorce and shit. I was raised in a very dysfunctional home, and um, yeah, the whole music side of things just kind of went on the back burner for most of my adolescent years. I don't think I I wrote another song until I was in my early twenties. Yeah, it would have been yeah. nearly ten years. Honestly, I didn't start writing again until like twenty. So, I wrote my first song in 2006. I didn't start writing again until like 2015.
1: Yeah. Well, you're obviously making up for it now. So.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I was always, yeah, I was very kind of in the early days, I was like mad at myself. I'm like, man, like, fuck, I wish I had gotten it. I wish I had started a band when I was 18 instead of 23 or whatever when I started the band. Mm. But like, it really doesn't matter because I still had all of those experiences and you know, I, I, yeah, I don't think it would have really mattered that much.
1: Yeah. Yep. So, yeah,
0: I, I feel like I've made up for lost time for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I sort of wish I'd, you know, started uh, started playing guitar around 12, but I wish I'd started singing uh, a lot earlier. I never sort of planned to, to be a singer, but, you know, I wish, because I think, you know, a lot of people develop their voice or learn how to use it if they start. Singing early in life, like, it helps a lot. um, Yeah. So, sort of playing catch up a little bit, but, you know, is what it is. You don't know, you know, if you don't know, you don't know and what what you end up doing, so...
0: um, I definitely want to maybe correct myself from my earlier statements. Like, singing is definitely can be a learned thing. Like, even if you don't have perfect pitch, like, with proper training, you can absolutely become a half decent singer you're not going to be kelly clarkson or mm. you know r kelly or whatever but uh yeah for singing is certainly can be a learned skill for sure
1: yep yep so going back to um the single or one of the singles off uh space exploitation liquid percussion you guys did a really cool uh music video for that song mm. um which landed you as a finalist for the 2022 Gold Coast Music Awards Video of the Year?
0: Yeah, buddy. Did you win? Nah. Nah. <laughs> um, there was no runner-up, but let's just say we're runner-up. We can. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we didn't win. I saw the video that. Won- I don't want to sit here and bag other people or anything, but um, yeah, yeah. I think we had the best video. I actually funnily enough, I did like a uh Emerging Artists uh, free consultation one on one session with uh, a lady. I'll just call her a lady,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: um, came to find that she was actually on the panel for um mm-hmm. for the for the voting. And she said, mm-hmm. Hey, I, I I voted for you I thought you guys were gonna win. I thought it was great. She really talked it up. I was like, Oh, what happened? And she just said, yeah, everyone else in the panel just thought that the other person had a better image, like their image was better. So, mm. yeah. yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I kind of don't want to get too much in the weeds uh, with it because I know this is all being recorded and it's going on public record, <laughs> but uh, I'd, yeah, I'd much rather talk about the the, the positives of it and uh, yeah. what, what a good experience that was. Um, yeah, it was a yeah, pretty big investment. Um, it was more of an experiment than anything. So, you know, I, in the past, a lot of people, a few people had said to me, because, um, you yeah, like, oh, the music's great, but where's your, where's your video content? Like, where's the music mm-hmm. video to shoot with it? You know, and I'm like, oh, man, do, you re- do we really need a music video? Like, And the ones we had done in the past were kind of DIY, they were kind of shitty. And um, I thought, you know what, well, let's just fork out. I had this idea in mind. I'm like, man, if I just had like an unlimited budget, like what would I do? And so I fleshed out that idea. We got a sick team. And yeah, it was – that that day of filming that was an amazing experience. It was like being on the set of a movie. There's like assistant yeah. directors. There's makeup. There's, wow. there's all these people. There's there's a lot happening. We had the Pontiac, you know. Um and um yeah, it came out freaking awesome. We missed a few shots. Uh it wasn't perfect, but watching that, hopefully you wouldn't wouldn't recognize it. But um yeah, we were stoked with how it came out. And um, you know, I re I think it really kind of reassured like and this is another thing that, that lady said to me in that in that um in the one on one. She was like, Look, as as amazing as it was, uh a lot of uh and I'm paraphrasing here, but she said, you know, a lot of people online, as good as it was, it, it very much looks like a commercial, you know, and that turns a lot of people off. And I think
1: this is like up to, yeah, you're kind of having a simple, I'm not telling this. But he's, I think I'm losing your connection there, Sam. It's just dropping out a bit.
0: Oh, dropping out. Just a little bit, yeah. Oh, yep, your internet connection is unstable. All right, let me just... Okay. Yeah, I'm with Starlink, so, like, you know, if a satellite's coming uh, past and it hits, like, a leaf off of a tree over there, then it'll just, like, dip out for, like, a second or two, so... Is that the um, Elon Musk thing? Yeah, yeah, it is. Not not endorsing that dude by any means, but uh, it's certainly better than Telstra.
1: Yeah, right. So... There you go. I didn't know we had it in Australia or we, we could have it. Well, Yeah, well, like my dad's onto this shit because,
0: he, um, yeah, he, he's got like a, a fucking, uh, he's got a, one of these deposits on these Tesla trucks for when they come around, if they ever do. But he, he told me, he's like, yo, te- uh, Starlink's coming to, to Australia next year. This is like probably 2020, actually. It, they were yeah. supposed to roll it out 2021, So, this, it's been super delayed, but uh, I was fucking, I'll pay anything, man. The internet I had before this was so bad like (laughs) two to three megabyte download, like 500 kilobyte upload, just utter trash. (laughs) Especially for like someone who's trying to be a content creator, man. It was like the Starlink's not perfect, but my life has just, and my mental health has just improved so much since having, it's just, in this day and age, you just can't take for granted how good, having good internet is. So yeah, it's it's much
1: better for sure. Yeah, I think we'd be a bit lost without it now, especially after the last couple of years, you know. Um totally man. Sort of started to rely on it a bit more more than usual. But um yeah, so back to the video. Um I was gonna ask you it was you said it was a Pontiac in the video. I was sort of wondering what the car was and if it's yours. (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) I wish man. Um uh, I probably wouldn't know how to handle a car like that, to be honest. I'm mm-hmm. so, like, dumb when it comes to I mean, any kind of mechanical side of things. But uh, it's my auntie's car. Nice. Uh, she's a real real rev head. She lives just next door. Okay. It's Yeah, all part of this kind of cult thing we've got going on out here. I don't know. <laughs> whatever. Like, yeah. All my neighbours are related to me. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's her Pontiac and... Once we had the idea, I just hit her up because she's done like high school formals and shit, so, you know, she's used to getting hit up by people wanting to use her car. Oh, yeah. yeah. I I just asked her and she was, yeah, she was all for it. They came out and they, yeah, they kind of oversaw us. Had a few close calls. The braking on it's weird as fuck. Like, yeah, it's an automatic car, which makes you think, yeah, it's a bit easy to drive. But, man, the braking and the turning radius was just – crazy like it has this weird thing like if you if you're turning and you lock up the brakes just don't work so you have to correct yourself and then oh, break great. so <laughs> oh, wow that like i had a couple of instances where i nearly like took out this like pig farmer's fence like <laughs> and and i mean that i'm like i'm not exaggerating i would have missed it by like a couple of inches I, i'm amazed i didn't like mm. and that would have just fucked the whole day but <laughs> yep. by some grace of God,
1: it, it all worked out. So, yeah. Do you know what year it is, the car? Oh, man. Not that I'm a big car nut, but, <laughs> you know, I, I do appreciate cars like that. Yeah. No, I do too, but I, I don't think I do. What? Yeah. So, it must be sort of- Can I say like late 70s? Yeah. If it's got sort of issues, well, not issues with the braking, but that sort of braking, it must be Yeah. 70s. Oh. Early yeah, eighties maybe
0: for sure. late seventies, early eighties. No, no yeah. later
1: than that for sure. Yeah, it's got all sorts of weird quirks with it. Yeah, it was a cool video, and um, I guess it kind of reminded me of um, uh, the Audio Slave video "Show Me How to Live." Did you ever see that? Oh I've yeah, uh, right around in the car as well. "Show Me How to Live" was it? Yeah, by Audio
0: Slave. Yeah, let see. Okay, I won't pull it up now, but I'll watch it later. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm seeing snippets of it now.
1: Yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Just, just what it reminded me of, not that it's, you know, the same sort of thing, but... Yeah, yeah. no, that's all right. I,
0: yeah, I get that, uh, yeah. I'm not, say, I, I'm not saying you're accusing me of stealing it or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, I mean, it's two dudes driving down a road, yeah.
1: like, I mean... I'm sure it's many videos. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a that's a killer song that is, isn't it? That whole album is just, I don't know if you're into that at all, but that was just oh, yeah, magic, I, magic Audio They were great for sure, but
0: yeah, they're mm. definitely one band that I haven't really scratched the surface with as, as much mm. as I should have because, um, yeah, yeah, I think they got a lot of very maybe similar kind of style for what we're going for, and Chris Cornell's vocals are so so hard and so raw.
1: Yeah, well, that album is like he's – you know, he's probably my favourite singer, but that album, I yeah, reckon, is right. some of his best best singing, you know, through his whole career. And um, yeah, obviously you got a lot of that sort of fat bass sound in a lot of those songs as well. Um, yeah, it's mm. just great album. I was lucky enough to get to see them on that tour, actually, and they just played wow. that album front to back and maybe a couple of Rage songs and a couple of Soundgarden songs, I think, just to fill out the set. Um, Fuck, That was yeah, way sick. back in like 2002. So, wow, it's <laughs> pretty young, but uh, yeah, but, but um, yeah. so even though you guys didn't win, you know, video of the year, you guys got to go along to the award show. How was that? Yeah,
0: that was uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you get uh, kicked overall out? <laughs> good over? Sorry, <laughs> did you get kicked out for bad no, behavior? I
1: don't
0: know. If I could have kicked some people out i would have mm. i would have done that <laughs> <laughs> um no, it was a good experience like overall i i just had a really bad experience with a photographer we were working with at the time, which I've like been harping on about now for weeks now, but I won't go into detail about that but uh yeah over- ov- overall it was yeah great experience good to you know i didn't real i was i was kinda nervous going in where I like oh man like all these big wigs how am i going to i'm not going to know anyone and then you get there and you're like oh there's jolly oh there's sam there's ben oh and you just naturally you just run into people and like you never find yourself kind of looking around going oh shit what do i do where do i go yeah and um even yeah and everyone's kind of in the same boat really like it's mm-hmm. the whole ceremony is not for any particular person so everyone's more than willing to um, chat to ya, yeah, and, and okay. get to know ya. So, yeah, I. It's one thing unique to the Gold Coast because there's no like there's no Melbourne Music Awards. There's no Sydney Music Award. Yeah,
1: no, nah, I don't think so. Uh, I yeah. think WA have got them. Um, okay, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I don't lot- think so. Down in here or New South Wales.
0: Yeah, a lot of it did feel very contrived like
1: mm.
0: yeah this is all this all means something you know red carpet like yeah. you know the same could be said for any awards ceremony but like yeah i mean it's the, the logies is one th- or the arias is one thing but like the gold coast music awards is like like we got we were finalists and we still had to pay for our own tickets to go there which is <laughs> oh, just,
1: really yeah
0: wow. yeah Shit. like you've been nominated for this award hey yeah. cough up 58 bucks for a ticket it's like wow man free drinks
1: or anything or
0: yeah you did yeah you did there's a couple oh, okay. you get like if you're a finalist you rock up and you get uh like two or three you get you get like two or three drink cards or something yep so um yeah a lot of things are just bizarre about the whole experience
1: like you said i'm sure a lot of those award shows like i've never been to one like but i'm sure yeah like the arias and the logies and all that shit. I'm sure they're all just. It'd be a very painful experience for certain. Yeah, people like and if us you get, that,
0: a, yeah, yeah, if you get a talented enough, you know, uh, presenter like Tom Gleason, where mm. he can just get up there and just blow the whole thing out of the water. That's very entertaining, at least for mm. someone like me to watch. But um, no, I don't. I don't have this like stark. Kind of opposition to award ceremonies, but like they are ridiculous. They they yeah, are, yeah. but um, it, it
1: it's uh, it's just good to get recognised for the things you're doing. It, it means absolutely. a absolutely, you know? yeah. It would have been a good experience, and just the fact that you got yeah recognised and then invited to come, even though you didn't pay for your own ticket. I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess we don't come to expect much in terms of um. You know, freebies and yeah, all that no, sort of stuff. Yeah, but, we appreciated uh, it
0: for sure. We're, yeah. we're very thankful for being invited to it, yeah. and um, the people there are great. And so. you
1: know, now it's on your bio, and you know, yes, it's. Yeah. it's uh, did they have any like live performances there? Do they do, or is it all just sort of? Yes.
0: So, oh, the name's escaping me, but they had mm. one lady there that was performing during like the, oh no. Before the, the where, as at the arrivals during the arrivals, there was someone there just playing like background tunes. Yeah, and there was a opening act for the ceremonies, which was a Indigenous metalcore act. Wow, and um, and then they had Casey Barnes, who's three time winning uh, Gold Coast Artist of the Year. So mm-hmm. he's making way. He's a country music singer um and so yeah it was, it was a it was a big mismatch i will i will say that like to go from like metal to like mm. pop country was just like back to back was kind of it threw me off but <laughs> they you know they deserve to be there so yeah uh yeah i think that was it they just, they're just those three performers and then and then they just had the ceremonies cool
1: cool yeah oh maybe uh maybe better luck Next time. You never know. Yeah. But,
0: uh, yeah. Oh, we'll win one eventually, man. Don't worry about <laughs> that. We'll not, not go anywhere. Even if we what? don't get nominated, well, I'm, I'm going to keep going to
1: those just to – because they're fun. They're yep. good fun. Cool. Um, so how did you and Dan sort of get together? When did Dan sort of join Atticus Chimps? And am I saying that properly? Atticus Chimps? Yeah. Yeah. There you are. Yes. Okay. <laughs>
0: cool. uh, we met – so, so we've gone through six drummers now. Dan is now our longest-serving drummer, so he's been with us for th- going on three years now. I think I might have, might have been around this time, twenty nineteen, where I first started hitting him up. But um, mm. before that, the early drummers were just friends of either Theo, who's the former bassist, and I, um, and we exhausted our. Friends fairly quickly because how I many how many drummers do you know? Not many. Yeah. Uh, and then at that point, I resorted to band mix, or I put ads up on Gold Coast. What did I put ads up? Where did I meet Jordan? I put it. No, I put an ad on Gumtree. I met I met Jordan through Gumtree. Gumtree. Yeah, bizarre no. place for because like you know people <laughs> looking up drumming equipment and they just see zero dollars drummer wanted. You know. It's, uh, okay. I got a few hits with that. I landed a drummer through that and he came on tour with us and he had all sorts of things going on in his personal life. So, mm. you know, love you, Jordan, if you're out there. Um, And then met another one on Gumtree and then <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and surprise, I finally folks. met... Di- Sorry. <laughs> Looking for
1: band members, jump on Gumtree. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a, a free ad. The zero dollars seems to grab a lot of eyes. So, so, uh, go for it. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I met, uh, I went on Bandmix. There's a site called Bandmix, which is a way to, I met one drummer on there. Uh, which is, it's just like a, it's like Facebook for musos, you know, or Tinder rather. Mm. And, um, met Dan on Gold Coast Musicians Network. Like, I just started fucking like cold calling people. Like, not necessarily cold calling them, but cold messaging them. Like, like I, I got to the point where I just went on Gold Coast Musicians Network and I'm just like, all right, that dude looks like a drummer. I'm going to send him a message. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it didn't even matter, like, if they didn't even have drumming in their profile. I was like, yeah, he looks like a drummer. I'm just going to hit him up. <laughs> and then one eventually got back to me uh, and that was Dan. I saw yeah. that he lives on Tambourine Mountain, which is like right next door. Mm-hmm. And he came around and... Yeah, we hit it off. He was really—we got very similar influences. Um, So he's grew up on on pop punk, and later got into alternative rock, which is pretty much the exact same trajectory that I have. So our influences are very much the same. We never really uh, clash musically, and um, yeah, he drives past my street every day to and from work. So. It makes it super easy Mm. to jam. And um yeah. Yeah, he's great. He's he's done all he's recorded with he's been a drummer for many years. He's a lot more experienced in the music scene than I am. Has Mm. a lot more knowledge with it. Um he's a little bit older and um he he's done session recording with Angus and Julia Stone. He's cool auditioned for Wolf Mother. He's um Mm. He's done a lot more touring, a lot more, uh, a lot, done a lot more in general than I have. So yeah, yeah he, he's great to work with, and I think we we have pretty good chemistry musically and and uh, business wise too.
1: Mm. Well, the results are top notch, obviously, and um,
0: great. Thanks, man. Can't,
1: can't believe that there's a drummer living on Tambourine Mountain. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> well, he he,
0: he he has little uh, drum in it Like he does, like drum circles and stuff at, at Guys yeah. Oval, So he's like the drummer man up there. Mm. He's the guy.
1: Awesome! That's great. Well, it's good that yeah. you guys hooked up, and uh, obviously it took you a few to get to him. But it sounds like you've you know met your match and getting on good results now. Speaking of which, mm. uh, you got a new single out on October seventh, a couple of days from now. Hopefully, Mm -hmm. I'll have this episode out by then, Uh, called Alien Jewelry. Yeah, buddy. Oof. Well, I've had a sneak peek. Great tune. Um, Is this part of another new EP or is this a standout? Okay, cool. Yeah, so it's the opening song of our new EP. Yep. Uh,
0: What do you want to know? (laughs) Uh, When's the EP going to drop? So, we're aiming for... Mid to late next year. So yep, yep. we'll release this one and then uh, the the music industry kind of shuts down over the summer. So we'll release another one Feb sometime and then another single and then the EP. So hopefully by the time around September next year, mm-hmm. we'll have it all wrapped up. And the shit we got cooking is
1: fucking, fucking fire, man. Sounding, it's a great tune. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. Yeah. So... The bio says it features a heavy, straight introduction that makes you feel like you're flying down a desert highway or traversing the galaxy at the speed of light. Once the verse hits, the rhythm changes to swung swing and dives into a filthy blues rock riff that was inspired by the great queens of the Stone Age and royal blood. Sums it up pretty well, I'd, I'd say, yeah. Yeah. So,
0: so getting a bit... Maybe a bit unnecessarily technical there from me, but uh, I don't know. They ask me to sum up a song, so I'm like, "There it it's, is." It's I, hard I don't want to wanna, do. It's yeah, like it's an easy
1: task, you know. I don't want to go way.
0: too deep into the symbolism with the lyrics and stuff. I think that's mm. kind of. I've never been a fan of explaining lyrics too much. I really think it's because if a fan comes to me or someone comes to me on this is what those lyrics mean, even though that's not what I intended. That's great. That's their yeah. meaning, like. I think that's that's awesome. Um, I I intentionally make my lyrics. I try to not make it too on the nose. I try and you know the the song is about love and the cosmos and our place in it. But um, if people get their own meaning from it, then fuck yeah.
1: It's probably what you want. Like, it's probably mm-hmm. one of my most hated questions is like, what what's the song about? You know. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate the question. It's probably an obvious question to ask but Mm. i kind of prefer it when when people try and make their own or people will make their own interpretations of it anyway like i always studied lyrics and was interested in the lyrics you know reading them in in the cd booklets or whatever and um Mm -hmm. i don't know just it it might mean something different to someone else than it does to you as the writer and that's absolutely Yeah. yeah
0: Yeah, we're on the mm. same page with that one, man, for sure. Like, mm. I don't mean, I don't mind being asked the question, but like, yeah, I I would much rather people just kind of figure it out for themselves, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. You tell me what it means to you, or you know, what do you, what do you, how do you? Because we all interpret things differently, so. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a tough question to to answer. I always find that hard to to answer and to write the bios and stuff about yeah. your own material it's
0: yeah it it's is probably- it's really tricky
1: <laughs> it's like yeah the lyrics themselves would
0: make up more you know word content than trying to explain the damn
1: thing like mm. yeah it's all there man it's right there
0: <laughs> everything yeah. you need to so,
1: know <laughs> so where's best place to, for people to grab this new tune on october 7th
0: so at the minute it's just streaming man. Like. We'll have, we've tried to make it as convenient as possible for every social media site you're onto. So if you're on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, mm-hmm. Twitter, wherever you are, there'll be a hot link to our website. As soon as you hit that website link, a lot of people, I feel like they maybe get a little bit turned off when they see websites, www. Dot, and they're like, Oh, what am I going to get? You know, am I going to get spanned with something? It's like, yeah. as soon as you land on it, it's, it's basically a lot of bands have like a link tree or a link fire. It, the website acts as that so yeah once you go there you, the very first link you see will be one to stream it and that'll take you to spotify apple amazon all of, all of the the youtube all of the streaming platforms yeah um not available for 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 our physical copies yet mm-hmm. but uh when the time comes hopefully it will That'll be available,
1: but very, very easily available at the click of a button. So, best place to go: atticuschimps.com, um, and I will chuck a link to that website in the show notes. So go and go and check that out, and um, check out the new song "Alien Jewelry," and check out the last EP and uh, all the other stuff you got up online. It's really, really good stuff. And yeah, I guess like I've only you know, started listening to you guys in the last few days, but you can hear that you're definitely getting towards your sound and you've probably hit the nail on the head with this latest tune, which I've been uh, privy enough to to hear in advance. Thank you very much. (laughs) Absolutely, man. Thank Um, you for enjoying it. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the show and um, all the best for your show tomorrow night at the basement. Yes, the basement
0: at our home of the arts. This is gonna be out by this will be out by the time that's over, but that's okay. Yeah. But um (laughs) yeah, for future reference. Um yeah, Gold Coast Boys play at the basement, all those kinds of places. Yeah.
1: Cool. All right, so October 7th, Alien Jewelry by Atticus Chimps, Atticuschimps.com. Go and check it out. Very nice to chat with you, Sam. And um, hopefully we can chat again in the future. Love to get you back on, and maybe Dan as well if he's keen to join. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this has
0: been awesome, Craig. I'll um I'll fucking I'll hit him up, and I'll be like, "Yo, I had this awesome conversation. Um, I think he'd be glad to sit in." So he's got a newborn at the moment, so I didn't even bother uh, uh, trying yeah. to hit him up to be a part <laughs> of it because um, he's. It's been hard enough getting him in here to jam, let alone sit down for a podcast. But um. No, next time we do one of these, which we definitely will, I'll, I'll get him in.
1: Yeah, awesome. Yeah, maybe when the um when the EP drops or, or yeah. before then, and um next single, yeah, bro, yeah. let's lock it in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, Sam, and um, all cool. the best, and we'll uh, we'll chat to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Craig. Cheers. Thanks everybody yeah. for uh, tuning in, and we'll catch you again soon for another episode of Fox on the Wire. Thank you very much. Thank you for this
0: conversation with no, I fucked it. Fuck it. Go with the first one. I'm done.
1: I can't do it. I'm just like word
0: salad, just like pinching words from
1: everywhere. It sounds so cocky. I hate it. It's all, right. all good.